Thanks for being here with us for EESO's podcast series. We're very happy to have team member Dr. Patricia Fox here with us today to discuss smoking cessation in patients with cancer. Hello everyone, you are very welcome to this short EESO podcast discussing some recent research on smoking cessation in the cancer setting. My name is Patricia Fox. I am the Programme Director of a Postgraduate Programme in Cancer Nursing at the School of Nursing, Midwifery and Health Systems, University College Dublin, Ireland, where I also undertake research in collaboration with colleagues within and outside of UCD. Today, I'm going to talk about an Irish Cancer Society funded research study we recently completed focusing on smoking cessation in patients with cancer, which was led by my colleague, Professor Patricia Fitzpatrick from the UCD School of Public Health, Physiotherapy and Sports Science. This was an 18 month study that included six work packages. However, I am just going to briefly discuss the findings of five work packages today in the context of the broader literature on smoking cessation in the cancer setting. So Trish, could you tell us a little bit about why it's important to focus on smoking cessation in the context of cancer? I'm sure that many listeners to this podcast are already aware of the negative impacts of continued smoking for patients with cancer. Given that the literature suggests that many cancer survivors have a limited awareness of the deleterious impacts of continued smoking, particularly those who are current smokers, I think it is worthwhile to remind ourselves again of the research in this area. According to a recent study published in Support of Care in Cancer 2022 by Eng and colleagues, most cancer survivors are unaware that continued smoking results in more cancer surgical complications, increased radiotherapy side effects, decreased quality of life during chemotherapy and decreased effectiveness of chemotherapy or radiotherapy. More cancer survivors were aware that continued smoking was associated with an increased risk of death and increased development of second primary cancers. However, the proportion who were unaware was still high at approximately 40%. Despite the unfavorable outcomes associated with continued smoking, a substantial proportion of cancer survivors continue to smoke after cancer diagnosis this appears to be in the range of 11 to 13 percent and smoking relapse rates are high approximately 44 percent among those who quit at diagnosis this is according to a recent systematic review uh, by Zachary Fewer and colleagues in 2022 and what do we know about smoking cessation related discussions and interventions in the cancer setting While we know that asking patients with cancer about their smoking status has been suboptimal in the past, however, more recent studies indicate an improvement in oncology healthcare professionals' discussions of tobacco use by their patients. Following their scoping review in 2019, Price et al. reported that over three quarters of oncology healthcare professionals asked about tobacco use at initial visits and over 60% advised against its use. However, assessment at subsequent visits was somewhat lower, particularly for patients who had recently quit. And initiation of or referral for smoking cessation treatment was considerably lower, less than 40%. Added to this, some qualitative studies have indicated that where discussions have taken place, they were not always helpful. 
Why do you think this might be? Well, various individual, organisational and system level barriers to initiating smoking cessation discussions and providing smoking cessation support have been identified by oncology healthcare professionals. These include lack of training or having confidence in providing smoking cessation support, limited awareness of available smoking cessation supports, lack of time, perceptions that smoking cessation is not their responsibility, apprehension regarding the negative impact of smoking cessation discussions on the therapeutic relationship and on already overwhelmed patients, and the belief that some patients are not motivated or willing to quit. And so what did your University College Dublin research team do? Well, we started by establishing a stakeholder steering committee, which included three patient representatives and oncology healthcare professionals to co-design the study to inform the development of a tailored smoking cessation intervention pathway for cancer services in Ireland. For pragmatic reasons, we focused on patients with head and neck cancer, lung, breast and cervical cancers. Firstly, we sought to determine the prevalence of smoking in patients with cancer in Ireland by undertaking a review of smoking rates among cancer inpatients using a national inpatient database from 2014 to 2018, so it was a five-year review. We also conducted an audit of eight adult specialist cancer hospitals to document existing smoking cessation services nationally. In addition, a rapid review of smoking interventions in cancer patients was undertaken, and this was led by my colleague, Associate Professor Kate Fraser. Finally, semi-structured interviews were uh, conducted with cancer patients who smoke and with oncology healthcare professionals. The collated results and key questions were subsequently discussed with patients who smoke at a patient voice in cancer research workshop. So Trish, what did you learn about smoking prevalence in patients with cancer and the audit of the hospital smoking cessation service and the rapid review? Using hospital discharge data examining the five-year period 2014 to 2018, we found there was a rise in smoking prevalence in the proportion of patients with cancer overall, which settled at 11.4% in 2018. While the figures for the different cancer subtypes varied, not unexpectedly, the rates were higher for lung cancer and lowest for breast cancer. Of note, the data from this source are subject to potential duplicate episodes of care and under-documentation of smoking. However, the trend analysis is useful as these limitations should be stable. The findings are published in the International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health 2022. From the audit of adult specialist cancer hospitals, we learned that 75% or six of eight hospitals provided smoking cessation services to patients diagnosed with cancer in inpatient, outpatient or various other hospital departments. However, many hospitals acknowledged low referral numbers. Although six hospitals recorded data on overall smoking cessation services uptake, only one recorded it for patients diagnosed with cancer. The findings from our rapid review of smoking interventions in cancer patients, which incorporated studies from January 1st, 2015 to December 15, 2020, determined that there were limited data to identify one optimal intervention for patients with head and neck, lung, breast and cervical cancers. It was concluded that key elements included the timing and frequency of quit conversations, 
use of electronic records, pharmacotherapy, including extended use of varenicline, increased counselling services and a smoking cessation service embedded in oncology departments. The methodological quality of the included studies was variable and included nine RCTs, 10 observational studies, three quality improvement studies and one qualitative study. If listeners are interested, it is published in the International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health 2022. I see. And what did you learn from your interviews with oncology healthcare professionals and patients with cancer who were current smokers or had recently quit? Interviews with 18 oncology healthcare professionals revealed that they frequently ask about smoking and advise their patients about available smoking cessation supports. However, few refer patients to smoking cessation services. Where offered, referrals were to hospital smoking cessation services and or nicotine replacement therapy was prescribed. However, no healthcare professional prescribed varenicline or bupropion. Similar to the research identified earlier, barriers included lack of time, ill-defined referral pathways and lack of knowledge. All healthcare professionals suggested that a structured and defined referral pathway will facilitate smoking cessation and many emphasised the importance of initial pre-treatment face-to-face meetings with regular follow-ups and ongoing support to be provided virtually using an empathetic and empowering approach with the provision of both motivational counselling and smoking cessation pharmacotherapy. Finally, interviews with 25 patients with cancer who were current smokers or had recently quit revealed that in the main, patients diagnosed with cancer were open to smoking cessation interventions. More specifically, they want a sustained, tailored, multi-dimensional smoking cessation approach incorporating non-judgmental smoking cessation discussions early and often and affordable pharmacological and non-pharmacological support spanning hospital and community-based settings including for those who have quit smoking. Our findings resonate with those of other studies which report that smoking cessation support for patients with cancer needs to be ongoing, empathetic and should focus on positive messaging. Trish, thank you again for being here with us today and sharing this very useful and interesting information here with us. Thank you for listening to this podcast on smoking cessation in patients with cancer. I hope you found it interesting. Thanks for joining us and don't forget to check out our other EEZO podcasts.